What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 96 of TLDR Podcast. This is one of the greatest times of years in sports. Uh, it's awesome. We got the NBA playoffs heading into round two. James will be talking with that uh, with, with us. We're going to predict the second round of that. Uh, Traden is going to lead us through the first round of the NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs that ha- have begun today on Monday here. Uh, baseball is entering its second month of the year. We got, we got one full month of baseball in. It's awesome, guys. Uh, we uh, we got to love the springtime. Uh, spring is in full bloom, and it's beautiful. Uh, James, what sports month? It's kind of like two sports months. It's kind of that like late April, early May time of year where you got all these playoffs going on and baseball's coming back. Do you prefer that month or the other sports month that's kind of that fall period where there's that October where you got, you know, playoffs for uh, baseball coming on and you got, you know, football's in full swing and then hockey and basketball coming back. Kind of what, which one is your more favorite time of year? Well, that's a tough question to answer because typically my favorite season, my favorite sport is football and that happens in the fall. That's also when I'm like the most busy in terms of work. So that's kind of the up and down right there. But then the season now, this is when I'm the slowest of work. So I can really sit back and enjoy more sports here. Uh, so it's kind of, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place, man. Like I can pick what I want, but then my life sucks other than that. Or I pick <laughs> something that I don't like as much, but my life is better outside of that. So as a typical James thing to do, I'm going to pick the one where it's football and my life sucks. But it's football <laughs> season, baby. I mean, that's what it's all about right there. You got to have your favorite sport that gets you through the shitty parts of life. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, trade in. Uh, I was super pumped that our two teams are playing each other in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's what we were hoping for. It's what we were anticipating for a while now. Uh, but it's finally yeah. happening. Pucks dropping tonight in about an hour. Actually, almost exactly an hour right now. Uh, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about how about your Oilers? What what alcoholic beverage are you consuming later tonight to enjoy, enjoy the game? What what, what are we doing? Yeah, look, I probably shouldn't be, but I'm really nervous. Um, and I mean, no no look, no offense to the Kings fans, including you, but the matchup for the Edmonton Oilers is the easiest that it's been in a little while now, at least especially last year, and. Um, you know, we saw how that happened. Uh, and I'm not going to count the Blackhawks situation, but um, the Oilers have not been very, very good in the playoffs. And this is an opportunity for us to go for, for to be honest with you, I think it's the, this is the, this team could beat the 2017 team that uh, took the Ducks to game seven. Um, but that doesn't mean anything as you guys know. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm very nervous. I mean, I just want to get out of the first round, dude. Like I just need, as long as I'm on the first round, it's fine. Cause I feel like if, if we lose the first round, um, they're going to blow everything up as they should. So, um, we might even see like dress get traded. I'm not even kidding you. Like it could go that bad. Yeah, there's so, a lot future going on. King. Yeah. So that, that it's, it, it's a rough spot or future King. I like that. Uh, <laughs> that's a rough spot to be in. You know, I'm in a spot, almost the opposite spot. You know, we exceed the expectations. Yeah. We, we made the playoffs. If we lose, not the end of the world. Um, but if we win, it's fucking great. Um, so obviously it's going to be fun to watch. So I'm, I'm, I'd much rather to... be in that position, dude. Like, yeah, all the pressure is definitely with the Oilers in this. Series. I mean, I mean, I, I'm not going to equate the, the Oilers to the Dodgers, but I'm feeling the it's same similar. thing you are Tyler. Like you, yeah. ex- you expect them to win this round. Yeah. And you're freaked out because you never know what the fuck. I can definitely relate to that because, you know, we, it's a team that's had these high expectations for a long period of time. 
Still haven't won it yet. I have not found that postseason success. So I know exactly what you're going through. Uh, but tonight we are enemies, um, obviously. So uh, for the next two weeks, buddy. Next two weeks. Uh, so it's going to get a little uh, testy here on TLDR Podcast. Uh, since I'm the only only one that uh, – because the other two Kings fans aren't on. So I got to represent the whole Kings nation here. Uh, so let's get <laughs> in to the Stanley Cup playoffs, shall we? Uh, trade in. We got uh, eight matchups to go over. Uh, so let's dig into it. What we got? All right. Let's, we're going to keep it quick. Um, look, congratulations to the teams that made it. Um, you know, you, it was a hard fought battle. Um, score, like I said, we've said this multiple times, the scoring has been just off the charts. Uh, and you know, what? we're going to start this playoff preview. Oh, first of all, congratulations to James, uh, fa- fantasy, fantasy hockey champ. Um, Kylie's still crying about it. Um, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Kylie. Suck it up, Kylie. Um, yeah. I mean, you had a great, again, a great regular season, but it only matters in the playoffs. So, um, and now we're going to talk about those playoffs have come to an end. We're going to start about the real playoffs, the real NHL playoffs. We're going to start in the Atlantic um, with the president's trophy team. The Florida Panthers won the president's trophy this, this season. Uh, and we'll see if it's a, if it's a myth or, or real, the, the, the curse so-called curse they will be taking on the second wild card team the washington capitals uh i'm just gonna ask straight up tyler we're gonna keep it quick what are your thoughts on this series matchup and who do you got yep so obviously we talk about the president's trophy curse for a long time but obviously this florida panthers team has had a, a historic season um i don't think there's any real reason why you go against them in this first round matchup um i think uh, the Capitals just aren't nearly as deep. I think this is a season that we've seen historic scoring. The Panthers have done that better than any other team in the NHL. You've got to feel like they're going to take, they're going to uh, score a lot of goals here against this, this Capitals team whose goaltending isn't anything really to, you know, to, to bank your money on. Um, so I, I think that this is going to be a really quick series. I'm going to give the Capitals one game for the series just because I feel like you, it's really hard to sweep. Um, and you know, the capitals are a good hockey team, but they're just not nearly as good enough as the Panthers. So I'm going to go Panthers in five. Interesting. Um, look, we have a goalie situation with goalie Bob who has been historically bad in the playoffs. Um, but alternatively we have, uh, a, you know, a, a goalie tandem in the, in Washington that has been sus at best, um, and great at times. I mean, but definitely suspect, um, James, what are your thoughts? I mean, uh, are you thinking short? Or are you thinking very long for the for this uh, series? Tyler said it was really hard to sweep in the playoffs in the NHL, but it's also really hard to score as many goals as they did. So it's it's going to be a broom time, baby. It's a sweep. Panthers <laughs> four games over the Capitals. It ain't going to be close, man. And I respect and- the shit out of Alex Ovechkin. Like, dude, you have all the respect in the world for me, but you're kind of banged up right now, a. And then two, like your team sucks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even close. You guys are old. You're 21st in the power play. You're ranked 10th in offense, which is cool, but it's also nothing close to what you've ever had because typically you're right up there top five because of that of Alex Ovechkin. And your goaltending situation, as Trent had mentioned, is eh. And yeah, I get goalie Bob is was Swiss cheese in the playoffs, maybe Swiss cheese in the playoffs. But the fact of the matter is we still got the score to complement that. It's okay. I said it before and I said it again. Panthers are my pick to go all the way. So here we go. Even though the President's Cup President's Trophy winners, that curse is bullshit. Panthers in four, but by Capitals. Wow. I You know what? I love it. Um, I mean, this... Look, I, I basically James is saying the Panthers are going to outscore their problems. 
and they Which have is true they fucking have um the the, the question is can they can they sustain the, the scoring in the playoffs when historically it has gone the other way given that they they did draw the capitals in the first round and we might have an Ovechkin that's banged up we do have an Ovechkin that's banged up I just don't know how many games he's gonna miss I don't know what to expect I think the Panthers take this in five no problems um I just want to give a shout out to Claude Giroux uh, ever since he joined the Panthers, he's on a hundred point pace. If he, if he had been with them the whole season, like unbelievable. Um, what an ad, <laughs> what an ad for the Tampa Bay, or I'm sorry, the Florida Panthers. They really needed scoring. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Florida Panthers are good. They, they know how to score. Um, that'll be interesting to see if they can just keep it up. Cause I think that everybody would love that. Moving on to the the um, next team in the in the Atlantic, um, the second place Toronto Maple Leafs will be taking on the third place in the Atlantic Tampa Bay Lightning, three two time back to back Stanley Cup champions. They're trying to defend the title. Right now, we have in game one we have Toronto up three zero, and in a game that the Toronto has been flying like every single minute they've been flying i mean they they got a they they had a five minute major that they had to kill off and they looked like they had the power play unbelievable so far but we've seen this story before i'm just saying that james you you said in in the beginning that you know you called it so it seems like you're on the toronto bandwagon yes i am and i mean like we had talked about this before again it's just like you said that the lightning were gonna did the right move in taking brandon hagel but bro he had seven points in 22 games was that a good trade? I don't know. And you said maybe, I don't know, two weeks ago when you were like in your power rankings where you're asking, is it, are they bored? Are the Tampa Bay Lightning bored or are they fatigued? And right now it looks like fatigue. You have the superstars of the Lightning playing really well. Steven Stamkos, Kucherov, Big Tevin, and of course, Vasilevsky, all doing phenomenally, doing everything they can that you expect them to. Everybody else, like all your other core players, not so much. McDonough used to be shut down deep defender. Not so much anymore. Brandon Point has only 58 points, which is a lot of points, but not what he's used to at that level. And now you have a Maple Leafs team who is kind of surging again. Jack Campbell had that little downturn towards uh, right after March. But April, he's great. He's been on fire. He only has two losses. Both of those came in overtime and both against Florida, which we just talked about. It's okay to lose to Florida. They're going to win it all. It's fine. But for the time being, the Maple Leafs are making it out of the first round. Congratulations, Maple Leafs. Wow. Wow. You know what? Um, I, I, I think, I think that the Maple Leafs drew a very hard opponent here. Um, I, I will say you did talk about Braden point. Braden point is one of the greatest postseason players I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so that that's the thing. Like he's kind of, he's kind of like the epitome of what Tampa's kind of doing right now. Eh, we're not going to play. Oh, now we're going to play, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how that goes right now. Toronto just scored another one. So it's four zero Tyler. Yeah. Are you, are you, you know, digging what James is saying about the Maple Leafs or is it all just, you wait until you see it? No, I am. I think the Maple Leafs are going to win their first uh, Stanley cup series since 2004, 2004. Yeah, you're right. 2004. That's wild. Uh, You got to look at uh, something. One thing I saw during my research, I was crazy. 13 players on the Maple Leafs set NHL career highs in points. 13. That is production and guys that are playing at their their best hockey on a, on a team and that, that's incredible uh you know we said this about the maple Leafs before we all know about their postseason meltdowns that they had especially recently um and if there's no reason why it can't happen again you you, you get a first round draw 
against the team that's won the Stanley Cup the last two years, and you think, oh, shit, here we go again. But as we see right now happening in game one, they're up 4 nothing. They look incredible. Now, obviously, it's a seven-game series. Things can happen. I do think the uh, Lightning are definitely going to put up a fight. There's a reason why they've been back-to-back cup champions. They're a very, very good hockey team. But this Maple Leafs, I mean, they got a high-octane power play, man. And uh, I don't know. I it, they, the, the Lightning are going to have to do a lot of things well to win this series. I just feel like this is finally the year Toronto breaks through. Uh, I'm going to go seven though. I think it's going to be close. Um, so I think, but, but, I, but I do think that the Maple Leafs will move on in the second round. So I got Leafs in seven. James, you, did you give me a game count? I said six. Leafs six. six. Okay. Um, look, I don't believe it. Um, I don't believe it. Wow. Well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. I say that, that them matching up with the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm sorry, the Tampa Bay Lightning might be the best for them because I think that they're going to be actually motivated because this is actual actually a team that is they believe is good. Um, the problem with the, the Toronto Maple Leafs is they cannot close out series. Countless times, last two two times in the last like three seasons, they have given up a 3-1 series lead because they just can't win that fourth game. And that's the que- like that's that's the crunch time. You have to win that fourth game, and I just don't know if they can do that when you. I mean, you're up against Vasilevsky, um, when you're up against Steven Stamkos, who's having an amazing season. Nikita Kucherov. Um, this game's this season's series is going to go the distance. It's going to go seven. I just feel in my heart, in my gut that Tampa Bay is going to find a way to win. Um, that being said, I would not be surprised if Toronto finally did it because it's about time. But the, these kids need to need to find a way, and I, until that happens, I can't I can't give them any uh, you know I can't I can't say that they're gonna do it because I haven't seen it yet. Um, I hate to be that guy, but that's that's where I sit. Actually, I love to be that guy because fuck Toronto. Uh, moving <laughs> on to the to the uh, to the Metro, uh, the first place in the Metro, Carolina is playing the second wild card, Boston Bruins. Uh, Tyler, where do we sit? We I think this is going to be quite an interesting series yeah i would agree uh obviously the uh hurricanes have their goaltender out for the first couple of games it looks like um but so far uh early in this game it looks like uh, uh stall has come in and done a pretty good job uh bruins as we all know a very tough playoff team uh, uh to beat they're 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 they always seem to find a way to grind out and they've been kind of the uh hurricane season ender the last few times around the playoffs the the bruins have kind of had the canes number in the in the playoffs um but i do think the hurricanes are going to prevail in this series um they are just not only do they have uh great all-around scoring but i just think they're the better overall defensive team in the series i know we talk a lot about offense and i think there's a reason for that um but i i just think that's where the canes are finally going to break through um, I, I just love what they're doing on, 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 on defense. I don't think the Bruins are quite as deep as they once were, especially with the uh, scoring side of things. So I think that's going to be their Achilles heel. I think it's going to be a good close series, but I'm going to go Canes in six. Canes in six. James, is this the, la- I mean, talk about the series, but is this, bo- is this a last dance situation for the Boston Bruins? Unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, I think that it is the last dance situation for the Boston Bruins. And this is, it's going to be tough. And, uh, at the trade deadline, I told, I said they needed to get more scoring and help there. They went the opposite direction, and they took Hampus Lindholm, a defenseman from the Ducks, which helps their defense immensely. Great. But they still need some help on their scoring end. I wanted them to get Claude Drew. They didn't. And right now, you're matching up against a Hurricanes team that's really adept at scoring, and also a Hurricanes team that's first in the league in goals against. 
Like this is a good defense and a good offense. It's a very well-balanced team all the way through. And is it going to be different because Frederick Anderson isn't going to play for the time being? Yeah, it is. But you still have the defenders that can help Ranta out there. It is, it is Ranta, right? Yep. Who's in goal On right now? D Ranta. Yep. Yeah. That defense will still be able to help them out because they're just well-rounded all the way through. Outside the perfection line here and there, like, I mean, the perfection line is broken up, but outside those first two lines, I don't know who else can score for this Bruins team. And they, they will need all four lines if they're going to make this happen. The one thing that is concerning, though, is that I know the Bruins play fantastic defense in the postseason, and Svechnikov is great. But what I'm seeing is that the Bruins will close that space immediately. And if Svechnikov can't score goals, then the Hurricanes are in trouble. But at the same, in the same breath, the Bruins can't score goals either. What it comes down to, I think, is all around just who's going to tire out first. Hurricanes a little bit younger. I think Hurricanes take it in five. Take it in five. Wow. Um, I, look, I don't know what to think about Frederick Anderson being out. I think, I think given that the fact that you're up against two Boston goalies that have yet to have any playoff experience, I think bodes well for you. Um, I, I, you, I've, I've never been um, scared to say this. I absolutely love Rod Vindemore. I'll say it again and I'll say it a, m- a million more times. He is, he is one of the best coaches in the league and he has those, he has those guys playing like gamers. And I think that that's, that's something like these players are bought in. And I think that's a big part of their success so far. Um, I think I, th- I, I like to think that Carolina is going to have this series. I think that they're just all around a, a, to Tyler's point, a little bit more well-rounded. Um, I like the goaltending situation, even though Frederick Anderson's out, I do worry about their next series. Hopefully Frederick Anderson can come back healthy, but the Bru- Bruins are not going to lie down. I think it's going to go the distance. I think it's going to go to six, um, but I do see Carolina finishing up in six right now. They're up to one with 14 minutes left in the third period. So um, we'll see if they take game one. Um, that'll be a very interesting one, um, especially the, the, you know, the goalie situation. Um, moving on to the other team in the Petro, the second place New York Rangers are taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, <laughs> James, what do you think about this one? Tristan Jari's out. What now? Yeah, but Casey to Smith is pretty good. Eight, three, and three the last couple, I don't know, since he's played. Eight, three, and three, add that together. What does that make? 14, last 14 games. There we go. Yeah, and as a 9-2-5, save percentage after the All-Star break. I mean, like, this guy is a decent villain. He's not Tristan Yari, and Tristan Jari has, had some issues a couple years ago. So if they can tan this out, this is going to be great. The biggest thing going for the Penguins right now is that they're not playing against the Islanders. And when the Penguins are not playing against the Islanders, they typically do really well. It's really hard to vote against Sid the Kid and the Penguins when the Islanders are not part of this picture at all. So I, I'm actually going for the Penguins on this one. I say Penguins in six. And I know the Rangers are great, and this is a great season for them. But it's really hard to go against such an experienced team when they're not playing against their kryptonite. Right. Uh, another question. This is another. Actually, I think we have three last dance situations. Uh, Cap, the Washington Capitals, Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Bruins. Do you agree with me on that one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Tyler, do you agree? Do you think do you think or do you think this, you know, mighty New York team that kind of has really turned some heads? Are they going to prevail? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rangers in this series. I do think it's going to be close. I, I almost picked the Penguins looking at this one because I think it could be a little bit of a trap series for the Rangers like I think a lot of people have the Rangers favored easily I don't think it's going to be that easy as James mentioned the Penguins have a ton of experience um so the Rangers as James like to yeah uh so but Igor Shostyrkin is having an amazing year 
you know, this is really going to be his first like time going in the, in the Seneca playoffs as that guy. So it's going to be interesting to see how we can translate that skill into the, the biggest stage. That's going to be huge for them. If he, for whatever reason, falters, the Penguins are going to have a big opportunity to win this series. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Igor is going to do a fantastic job in net. Uh, the uh, Rangers have one of the best power play units in the NHL. Uh, they're going to they're going to they're going to force the Penguins to make some uh, uh, or draw some penalties. And they're going to I, th- I think that's where the series is, is going to change. I think the Rangers have a huge advantage there. So I'm going to go Rangers in seven. Like I said, I think it's going to be a really good close game. The Penguins are definitely going to win a few games, make it make it interesting. But I do think that New York will come out um, and, and win the series in seven. This is a situation where you're, I mean, to you guys' point, you're, you're up against Sidney Crosby, who's having a, a dark horse MVP season, um, and Evgeny Malkin, who we know can be a game breaker. Um, although, I mean, Casey DeSmith, he has been good. I, I don't know what to expect in the playoffs. Then again, I also don't know what to expect from Igor Shosturkin, who's been unbelievable. But given the stats, given what Shosturkin has done, in my opinion, it Shosturkin, uh, the Rangers wouldn't be second in the Metro if it wasn't for Shosturkin. I've said that multiple times. Um, that's why I'm going to give them the, the, uh, my vote or my, uh, my choice. I just think that, you know, Shesterkin's going to win the Vesna and he has a, he, I think he's even going to be in the heart discussion, which is insane. They also have, you know, Norris trophy champion, Adam Fox from last season, Artemi Pinarin, who's a game breaker, uh, you know, among others. And I just think that New York is, is a lot more fitted to compete against the Pittsburgh Penguins at this point. Uh, I could be eating crow because we've seen Sidney Crosby, do things do some amazing things and um and it we they could shock the they could shock the series but i have the rangers in seven um going the distance i think that would be i think i think that's pretty safe um eating crow i don't think i've heard that one before eating yeah. crow yeah um, that, it, it's is, definitely is it's definitely thing? something it's definitely something it's look definitely it up something. get educated tyler get get cultured as i as i like to say <laughs> <laughs> moving over moving over to the west and in particular the central division the first place team in the west and first place team in the central is colorado avalanche who just missed the president's trophy this year is taking on the last wild card team i'm sorry they're taking on, yeah, they're taking on the second wildcard team. Not, uh, no, the last wildcard team. I don't know how that national or, uh, how that came at, came into to play, but, um, I guess somehow Washington, uh, national culture, bro, come on, fell bro. behind Figure Dallas out. surprisingly. Um, anyway, uh, they will be taking on the Nashville predators. Um, James, how do you feel about Nashville t- going up against the Colorado avalanche? Nashville, you've been great. <laughs> Nashville is a lot of fun. We watched Nashville play and get smacked, and we're going to see the same exact thing happen here. Avalanche are just too good. And, yeah, I see they've been on, like, this downturn this last couple of games, but that's okay. They're vets. They've been in the playoff multiple times, and they're young, not fatigued. They can they can just turn it on and go for it. And it sucks even more for the press because UC Soros is out with an ankle injury, I think. That's tough. And even then, even if Soros is in the game, Darcy Kemper has better numbers than UC Soros does. And so from head to toe, the Avalanche are just a better team, except maybe for defensive, because I like Roman Yossi than I, more than I like Kel McCarr. But that's besides the point. And I said that before. I mean, like, yeah. Roman Yossi was my pick for um, Norris. That award, the, yeah, the Norris. I'm not going to win it, and that's okay. Uh, but the, the Avs are just going to take this one easy. Five games. Five games. Okay, Tyler, um, does Nashville have a chance? No. 
um, especially <laughs> with, uh, as we mentioned, UC Saros out. Uh, I didn't think they had a chance even with him in net. I think it would have been more competitive with him in net. But now that he's injured, I don't think the Preds stand a single chance. I, like I mentioned earlier, I rarely pick sweeps, but this chance I'm going to pick a sweep absent four. Yeah, bring the brooms <laughs> out. Uh, UC Saros being out, they're fucked. I mean, this is a healthy Colorado. Um, I will, I'm going to look at, um, I, I'm going to be watching Nas, Nazem Kadri all, all uh, playoffs. As long as he keeps his head and doesn't do something stupid, they're, they're going to be fine, especially in this series. Um, in, in fact, Nas, just, just worry about goals. Don't even hit anybody and you'll probably win. Um, it's not <laughs> even, it's not even going to be close. Like you don't, you don't have to bring your, your physicality to beat this team. You just beat them by just sheer will and skill and you'll be fine. Um, so that one's a sweep in my book as well. Um, moving on to the most, in my opinion, the most anticipated series of the, besides the Oilers Kings, um, the most anticipated series, um, in my book as a, as a hockey fan. And that is the second place Minnesota wild against the third place St. Louis blues. This is a rematch of the winter classic. Um, the the winter classic was, uh, I guess, game one kind of, um, uh, James, these two teams are like very similar, um, very similar points, a little bit different structure, of course, but you know, these, they, they've been battling for, for position for that home ice advantage. Who do you have in this series and why? I have the wild in this series because of the free or the trade line, trade deadline acquisition of Mark Andre Fleury, having him on this team will, I think he's going to be goalie number one for the entire playoff series coming up here. And Cam Talbot will be a great feeling if he needs a break because they're both great goalies. And that you said all these teams are very similar. For the goalie side for the Blues, Jordan ben- Bennington is kind of shaky. He's four, 18, 14, and four or his last 37 starts. And he's sharing a role with some dude I don't even know. I've never Dude, heard of him. amazing. Life. He's good. Never mind. But the <laughs> fact of the matter is there's two good goalies versus the one for the Blues. And when one goes down, you can fill the other one right back in. And uh, when it, what comes with flowers, that, that wealth of just experience, leadership, and that's going to help Kirill Kaprizov a ton. Kaprizov will probably end up being the best player on ice for this entire uh, matchup here. And I, I get that. Tarasenko's on the other side. Great. Uh, it's also great. But the fact of the matter is, Kirill Kaprizov, a hard name to get sometimes it is is really really good at offense and is very explosive (laughs) the fact he's 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 a good guy he's really really fun to watch and with his offense and flower in net this blues team is great and they play as a team but it's going to be really hard to overcome mark andre Fleury. so that's why i got i got the wild and six wild and six okay tyler who do you got as you mentioned trey this is a tough one and it's going to be i think this is probably the most exciting one to watch because i really don't know who's going to win uh it, it, it's a really even that they both have strength and weaknesses in different areas i think the wild i think my biggest concern with the wild is their is their penalty kill they had the, the lowest ranked penalty kill in, in in all the 16 uh playoff teams and the blues have the second best uh power play uh so that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch uh the blues goaltending is a little bit as we mentioned a little bit iffy they don't really have that number one guy bennington hasn't been that guy as, as he used to be uh Huso's done a good job kind of stepping in but he's never he has zero postseason so postseason experience versus the guy on the other end mark andre Fleury is one of the greatest to ever do it so it's really interesting there's there's a lot of just kind of uh 
uh, matchups here that are that are really good for one side, really bad for the other side. How is it all going to match up? It's going to go seven, no doubt. Um, but I'm going to pick the Blues here by by a smidge. I think the goaltending will do enough. I think the offense is just it, it's it's going to be too much for the Wild to handle, even with a great goaltender in Mark Andre Fleury. I think they just have more depth there offensively. Um, but again, Mark Andre Fleury can can take over a series as we've seen, so that's going to be huge for the Wild. If if Mark Andre Fleury can can shut it down, I will eat my words. But I do think that the Blues are going to barely squeak out and they're going to win this in seven. Yeah, this, this, I, I absolutely love this series because these are two great teams. Um, I mean, really, really great teams. And I, and I'm going to say right now, St. Louis, I believe is going to win in seven. They're my, they're my dark horse Stanley cup champ. Uh, and I'll, wow. and, and the reason why, the reason why is, is there, is there depth down the middle? I mean, Robert Thomas, amazing season. Brian O'Reilly, he's done it. We've seen him be a great leader. Braden Shen, Braden Shen is your third is your third center. Add that to the fact that you got Pavel Buchnevich and Tarasenko lighting it up on the top line. Then you got David Perron, Brian Ansad in the second line. And then you have Vivian Barbashev and Jordan Kyrou on the third line. This team is so deep, three lines deep, and that is so huge. Um, Villa Huso is turning out to be everything that the, that the Blues expected, even though they kind of you know, pushed him by the wayside when Jordan Bennington came out. I think Bennington has the opportunity to do something. I don't trust him right now, but Villa Huso is definitely holding his own. I do worry about the goaltending tandem on the other side. And of course, Kirill Kaprizov, I think that he is a game breaker and that is a problem, but St. Louis, I think just has the depth to win. And, and if for that reason, I have them winning in seven. And again, I have them as a dark horse Stanley cup champ. I don't think they're going to win, but they are going to make it hard for any team that they, that they come up against. Um, and for that reason, I have them in seven. This series is going to be amazing guys. Just unbelievable. I don't know if you've seen any of the games this season guys, but every game has just been unbelievable. Um, and it's, going to happen again um i also give a little bit of a nod to st louis they have six more regulation wins um than uh than minnesota regulation wins to me just mean more um three on three overtime and shootout does not exist now so i kind of just keep it by the wayside it's kind of hooey right now so regulation <laughs> the regulation wins five on five is is more meaningful to me and for that reason st louis and seven moving over to the pacific division which is our division boys. Um, the first place Pacific, uh, Pacific division um, team, the Calgary flames is ta actually taken on a central team, but the second wildcard team, the Dallas stars, Dallas, welcome to the Pacific division for the playoffs. <laughs> um, James, does Dallas have a chance? Uh, uh, no, <laughs> to, to put it, to put it lightly, but to make it easy. No, uh, the flames this year are just insane. And it's, I guess it took the coach, you know, a year to kind of implement his system because last year they weren't doing that great. But Johnny G, amazing. Matthew Tchuk, amazing. Elias Lindholm, also amazing. They've all done fantastic. Boudreau has 115 points. Tchuk has 104. And Jacob Markstrom is playing out of his mind. The dude is leading the NHL in shutouts with 37. On the other side, they have one good line. And it's that first line. That line of Jason Roberts, Pavelski, and Rupe Hintz, best line that they have. Everybody else kind of doesn't do very well. Their old stars are Tyler Sagan and uh, Jamie Benn struggling. 49 points for Sagan, 46 points for Ben. The blue liners for the stars have more defensive experience than the Flames blue line. But the Flames are just a better team overall. Better goaltending, 
and I, the the new kid, Ottinger, he, he's pretty good. They at the beginning of the season, they have all these guys who were kind of competing for that spot. And Ottinger wasn't even on my list. He showed out. He has thirty wins, which is great. But you can't. He can't defend against the likes of Johnny G, Tuchuk, Lindholm, Maji Pont. Like they're good. Flames at five. Tyler, does uh, I mean, come on, does Dallas have something? They have something. Uh, it's very unlikely, but like as James mentioned, really they only have that one really productive line that's worth mentioning. If for some miracle of God they get more production out of the other lines, then yes, they will have a chance in this series. Um, you know, we all the Flames have to count on Markstrom being as strong in the playoffs as he was was in the regular season, um, but I think he will be. Uh, the, the Flames are just they're just they play as a team so well, um, so it's really hard to see this Flames team lose to a team like the Stars. Um, but like I said, it's the playoffs. All these teams are good. Even the teams that are, you know, the lower level of the good teams, like they always have a chance. Um, so I think the stars do have a slimmer of hope. I think they have potential there to be good. They just haven't really shown it this season. So it's hard to really believe in it. Um, so I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I do think they, they, they will win a couple games. So I have the flames in six. Um, but yeah, I, I, as terms of winning a series against this Flames team, I, I think it's very, very slim. Unless, like I said, they miraculously get more scoring other than that first line, as, as, as we've mentioned. Yeah, as, as pain as it is, it is to say this, Calgary is going to win in at least six games. I, I have them at six. I'll say this, though. Um, if you shut down Johnny G and he hasn't had very good ex- uh, playoff uh, success, their first line is that's it. I mean, you say this about the Dallas Stars. It's kind of the same on the other side. I mean, their best next next forward after the top three is Mangiapane at 55 points. That's solid, but he can be shut down. Um, the rest of them can be shut down. And that's a question, question marked for me. Um, the only thing that the Calgary always has is Markstrom, and Markstrom is going to outperform any goalie right now because Markstrom is just that good. Um, again, on the other side, if you if Jason Robertson isn't scoring, you're fucked. Cause that's the only, that's the only guy who could score for you clearly. Um, so this is the battle of the top lines. And I just think the other top line on the Calgary flames is just better, but I, I you know, I'd, it, I, it took me a little while to actually dig into the Calgary flames. I came on this podcast and said that the best team in the NHL, and I think they're going to stand the cup. I, I am questioning my, even my thoughts on that, just given the fact that what's beyond that um, and very similar to another Alberta team that we're going to be talking about. I know, but I've seen this movie before, just different jerseys. So um, we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll see if they can do it. I, I think the Calgary is going to finish up in six. Um, I think that I think Dallas can give them a little something, something. Um, finally, the moment we've all been waiting for: the second place Edmonton Oilers against the third place Los Angeles Kings, right here in our backyards. I'm going to have you, t- Tyler. You take it away, man. What are your thoughts? All right. Fuck yeah. Kings back in the playoffs after a long time. I'm pumped that we get a chance uh, to face each other in the, in, in, the, in the postseason. Since we've been friends, we have not seen this matchup. Uh, I think it's it's been since, I think, before any of us were born since the last time the Kings and Oilers uh, played in the postseason. So it's going to be fun. Uh, like I, as I mentioned kind of earlier in the introduction, the Kings are kind of in this position of like, let's just see what happens. Obviously, before, I, before we move on, I want to give a huge shout out to Dustin Brown, who announced his retirement. Uh, I, that's our captain. He's been the captain for the Kings for a while until, you know, the, the, it switched over. But for both of our cup runs, he was our guy, the, the, the first uh, L.A. King to ever hoist the Stanley Cup. Uh, so hopefully we can go on another good run for him before he calls it a career. 
Um, but yeah, in terms of this series, it's interesting to watch. I think trading when, when we, when we saw the Kings and Oilers play at, at uh, crypto.com a couple months ago, you know, you made the comment that this feels like a playoff series or a, a playoff game atmosphere. I think it's going to continue to be that way. The Oilers have had our number in the, in the regular season. You guys, you guys have won most of those matchups, but they've all been really good, close, exciting games to watch. Uh, Oilers, as we, they're, they're two very different teams. The Oilers are obviously very offensive. They're, they're an offensive powerhouse. Their defense has gotten a lot better since their head coaching change. Uh, the Kings, obviously, their stronghold is their goaltending. Jonathan Quick is having an amazing year. He's played really well, especially heading in, in, into this uh, postseason. Uh, that's that's where their uh, strength is. I think they'll do a good job of slowing the Oilers down. If they can do that very well, they're going to have a chance to, 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 to win this series. They're not going to outscore the Oilers. There's no shot at that. But if they can play really good defense and slow them down, they're going to have a great chance. Jonathan Quick obviously has a ton of experience in, 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 in these, uh, these uh, cup playoffs. They, the Kings have a lot of good, a good ex- experience. So I, I, I like the Kings' chances, um, but it's, it's going to be a tough one. Um, so obviously, as a Kings fan, I got to pick my, my, my Kings to win. So I'm going to go Kings in seven. Go Kings, go. Oh boy, James, you love to see your friends cry over stuff like this. So you're going to have a <laughs> chance in two weeks either way. Um, so who, who do you want to see cry more? Uh, I mean, to be honest, you, <laughs> because I mean, Tyler's a baseball or a hockey fan, right? But he's more of a Dodger fan than he's a Kings fan. You, on the other hand, you bleed blue and orange, dude. It's like not even close. That is your team through and through. Like, I, I'm surprised you even wanted to do the podcast this late. I thought you were going to be like, let's reschedule it for tomorrow. Cause the, the Oilers game is on, but here we are. Uh, but uh, to talk about this matchup, though, on paper, this matchup has the biggest gap in talent in, on paper. The Oilers are just immensely more talented than the Kings are. But in typical Oilers fashion, as they have a knack for giving trading heart palpitations over here, the Oilers are going to win in six. They should sweep. They really should. It shouldn't even be close. But the fact of the matter is they, they stumble sometimes. They're going to win it. They're going to win this this matchup, yeah. But it, it won't be as clean and as beautiful as you'd expect from a team with this much talent. There's going to be some stumbles, some missteps as they learn their way through, even though the Kings don't have Drew Doughty and their defense is shaky at best right now. They could struggle here. At the end of the day, Oilers are going to win it. Evander Kane has been fantastic. Dreisaitl, McDavid are going to come back, even though they had like this that little slump of scoring for a tiny, tiny bit there. Uh, but the new leader of Jay Woodcroft, man, 26, 9, and 3 since he came under center. So this is your dude. Or is he going to win it? Mixed hour for your team. You don't get to cry until next round. But still. Yeah. Yeah, until next round. Um, look, this is, it's tough. I mean, I, I, obviously I'm nervous. The, the Kings, I mean, Todd McClellan has – if he he's my pick for – for a coach of the year, at least he's up there. He, 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 he's not going to win it, but he, he's definitely up there. He's, he's really done amazing things for you guys, for you guys, Tyler, your prospect pool is amazing. And now you get to see it come to fruition already now. And, and I think that that's extremely um, exciting. Unfortunately, Drew Doughty, not drawing into the lineup, I think is, is kind of no offense, the nail in your coffin. I mean, I, I, I look at anybody else. I look at, I look at the only other person who could, and another person who could hold, who can, um, you know, shadow McDavid because that was Dowdy's spot. There's none. I mean, Philip Deneau can and Andre Kopitar can, but those are your two goal scorers for the most part. And if, if, if one of them is too busy dealing with, with McDavid, the other one has to deal with dry saddle and it's like, what the fuck? 
So not having Dowdy, I think is absolutely massive. And unfortunately, I think that's, that's going to kind of put an end to it. Mike Smith has been amazing of late, amazing, but who knows if he can keep it up. That's, that's the reality of it. Quick has been pretty damn good, but can he keep it up? That's it, it, the goalie situation on both ends is like, what am I going to get tonight? Um, Although people talk about the Edmonton Oilers not having depth, I mean, I don't know if you guys have not seen much hockey in the last 20 games. There's been depth. There's been depth scoring. Um, Jay Woodcroft has been an absolute amazing ad, you know, from on the coaching side. He he took over in February in, in February, and since then they've been one of the best ga- uh, best teams in the league. Um, under Woodcroft, they're ninth in goals against per 60 minutes. That's that's top 10. That's solid. That's really good. Um, whether they can keep it up, I don't know. I think that they can get past the Kings, um, Tyler, in five. That being said, um, after that, I don't know what to think, and we'll talk about that later. But that is all we got for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know it was quick. We don't really, we didn't have much time to talk too much. Um, next, next uh, series preview, we'll t- we'll dig a little bit deeper. Um, but until then, enjoy the playoffs. It has been very crazy. Uh, Carolina's already up by one game, um, so so Carolina's up by one going into game two. Tonight, we got Kings taking on the Oilers. Uh, and I believe the other game is the is the Colorado game. It must be the Colorado game. Um, and then tomorrow, the other the other ones start. Um, actually, I'm going to check that right now. Blues, Blues Wild. Is it the Blue Wild? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, great. I can't watch the Blues Wild because the fucking Oilers are playing. The fuck? What the fuck, NHL? Put the, other, <laughs> put the Colorado bullshit series today so we can actually watch a good series tomorrow. Fuck. All right. Fuck. All right. Well, <laughs> glad I got that off our chest. But yeah, we're excited for Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. I'm super excited for this King Oilers series. Um, may the best team win, Traden. Let's let's uh, let, let's get after it. Let's have some fun. Oh yeah, I'm going to game three. I've been oh, golfing yeah. at 5 a.m. the next morning. And golfing at 5 a.m. the next morning. Sports, so. baby. That's the grind. Pray for me. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go to the other league that's in uh, the playoffs. We're going to the NBA. Uh, James is going to lead us through a round two series preview when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. I know we don't talk about the NBA a whole lot on this podcast. Uh, we've been down a couple of people, um, but we're getting into the more exciting part of the NBA season, which is the second round of the playoffs. The first round is kind of exciting, but there were zero upsets in the first round of the playoffs. Just kind of the NBA is. It kind of takes a little bit while for it to really get interesting, and this is where it really gets interesting. I think all four of these matchups are pretty intriguing to watch. I think most of, I think most of them are going to go all the way to seven, but we're going to kind of see – where we're going to trade. James already disagrees with me. I said most, not all, all of them. Oh no, I said most. I said most <laughs> okay. of them. We're good then. Okay. Listen. It's only four open your ears series. up and listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, let's get into it. James, what we got for round two of the NBA playoffs? All right. We're going to start on the Western Conference here, and I'm going to do my best Alex imitation. If you guys are new here, Alex used to be our NBA guy. If you guys are listeners from week one, don't judge me too hard. I'm trying my best. <laughs> Starting off in the Western Conference, Suns versus Mavs. Two of the biggest stars of these teams didn't play a lot of that first series. D-Book and Luka Doncic are finally back, and they're doing their thing. But this this is an interesting one. It's going to be heavily a great matchup. First question, though. Does the fact that the Pelicans took the Suns to six games concern you? Um, 
not really. Um, I, I think that the, you know, obviously the, the Suns had had uh, Booker hurt for a little bit of that time. Uh, so they, so they were a little bit banged up. I think that that played a, played a role in it. Um, so it doesn't really concern me. Um, I do think that the Western conference, especially at this point in the playoffs, is going to be super competitive. Um, but I, I wouldn't really look at that too deeply, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's, it's, it's just a good com, com, competitive uh, conference. So at the, at, the, at the end of the day, the Suns won the series. So I think that's what really matters. What do you think, Jaden? I mean, it was a little bit of a worry for me. I mean, I think I mentioned this to you. Um, I forget. I forget. What, Literally last week. <laughs> yeah, I forget what you said. Um, you kind of threw it back in my face, but it still kind of was a worry. But at the end of the day, you're without one of your best players, and that and that that's impactful. Um, he is he is one of your best players, and everybody knows you need your big big two or big three to to go on. Um, that being said, I think I think they learned a lot. I think they learned a lot from that series. Um, and again each series is its own season. So you could forget that series. It's over. It's done. Um, you're, you're now dealing with a different opponent. Um, and I, I, I am worried about the other team to an extent, but I'm not worried about that, that series going, you know, going kind of not as smoothly as they expected. Um, I, I actually, I actually think it actually is going to bode well for them because having adversity now is, and overcoming it, that that bodes well for you, Coheed. You know, um, you know, from a galvanizing perspective, and and they might they might repeat. I think they won last year, right? Yeah, they they won. They did. So, the thing about this is that the Mavs had lost Luca for three games too, and Luca is their guy by far. So they had to deal with the same amount of adversity. So which team comes out of the adversity matchup there, Jaden? Um, I I would say I would say just this the um the Phoenix Suns. I just think that. I, I think that they just have a little bit more depth. Uh, I think that on the, on the, on the Mavs side, if you can get, if you can take, you're not going to take care of Luca. It's not, but I think that there's too many to take care of on the Suns that there's not enough to, there's not enough coverage on that side. So I just think the Suns are just more deep in that sense. You, you're not going to cover Luca. You do let him do his thing, but you can cover everyone else. So that's, that's the, that's my, that's my thought. How many games will it take for the Suns to win? I think it's going to go the distance, though. I mean, I go can see seven? Going, they're going to seven. Wow, okay. Tyler? I, I agree with Trayden. I think it's going to go seven. Uh, I think the the uh, the Mavericks have some good matchups there, I think, defensively, um, that will help them keep them competitive in in, in, in this series. Um, Dorian, Dorian Finney-Smith on Devin Booker, I like that matchup um, for the Mavericks. Uh, I think he's going to definitely make Devin Booker work a lot. Um, but I do think the Suns have a clear advantage at center. Um, and I think, I think that, uh, their, their, their point card position too. I think Chris Paul, he, he's one of the best to ever do it. He's, he, especially in that crunch time, both of these teams are actually really good in those kind of late crunch time situations. So it's going to be a really fun, exciting game to watch. At the end of the day, I think the, the, the Phoenix Suns just have a few slight advantages and I just think all, all experience as well. Um, I just think they're just the slightly better team going forward. So, but it's going to be a fun series to watch. So, but, I, but, but I got Suns in seven. Okay. I love that point you made about DeAndre Ayton and the Suns big man, because DeAndre Ayton can actually score, unlike Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside. I think DeAndre Ayton's going to dominate, to be honest. I, I don't think this is going to be a deep book, a Chris Paul series. I think it's going to be DeAndre Ayton, because there's nobody else who, on the maps who can guard this big man, not even close. DeAndre Ayton's going to put up 40 points tonight. That's an exaggeration. He's going to put up like 25 plus, though. And it's going to feel like 40. It's going to feel like 40. And I love the campaign matchup on Luka. Campaign is a rat. 
guy's a menace. He's I, he might shut down Luca a decent amount. I got the Suns in five, guys. Mavs are cool, but I got Suns in five. Moving on to the other Western Conference game here. Kylie, pay attention. Golden State Warriors versus Memphis Grizzlies. The Warriors won game one. Came down to the last second when John Morant missed the layup. The final score was 117 to 116. Close, exciting. You got to love it. The uh, little fun fact here is that throughout the entire season, John Morant led the entire league in points in the paint. And he's six foot three. And he's the highest point scorer in the paint in the league. So, in this particular series for the Warriors, who is more important to their team? Draymond Green's defense or Jordan Poole's offense? Uh, I'm going to go with Jordan Poole's offense on this one. I think both of these teams offensively are very, very deep. So any more, any advantage you can get in that situation is going to help you a ton. I think Jordan Poole's emergence uh, this year with the Warriors has been huge for them, especially with um, – some with, with 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 some of the injuries that they have dealt with um, this this uh, this season, I think that's a huge advantage for the Warriors, uh, and that's nothing against this Grizzlies team. I think this John Morant Steph Curry matchup is fascinating. I think these are one of the two, you know, Steph Curry being one of the stars and John Morant kind of being that next up and coming guy. Uh, John Morant, I think we mentioned on this podcast, probably one of our collective favorite NBA guys to 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 watch on the podcast. Uh, he's a little bit banged up with that knee. Uh, the Warriors seem to be a little bit more healthy at the moment. I just think that that Warriors team, they've, they've done it so many times before. So I'm, I'm going to give them the, the slight edge on this one. Um, I know that wasn't your question, but uh, Jordan Poole, I think, is more important to, to the Warriors than Dream on Green. What do you think, Trayden? I think in this series, I think it kind of proved with the, with the insane ejection that the, <laughs> the, the Warriors can come back. Uh, and, and can and can manage at least defensively with uh, with the with the um, the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I'm going to say Jordan Poole, and I and I say that because I think Jordan Poole is becoming is emerging as that key player for this squad. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to shit here and sh- shit on Clay Thompson because he had a you know he hit a pivotal late three that was an amazing amazing job. But look, Clay just doesn't. <laughs> for some reason he seems kind of out of place and I hate to say that. And I've said that and Kylie thinks I'm an idiot, but I'm, I probably am. But for some you. reason, I just, I, I, I just feel like clay is like the team is kind of not that, not that you get rid of him. You don't get rid of him. You keep clay. Cause he, he, he is part of the team. He's part of the heart and soul, but the team's kind of moved on without him in a sense. Like they, they found a way to manage without him. And now he he's now not, not having him is impactful. Like I'm not, not going to say here, like I said, get rid of him, but Jordan Poole's filling a void that I think that we haven't seen in a while. And Jordan Poole, you know, he went for off the bench, 38 minutes, he put up 31 points and nine assists. Like this kid, in every game, he seems to be a game breaker. And I just, J- Jordan Poole, I think, is that is that guy that's f- finding the, the the depth offense that they need while Clay is still trying to find his way back in. Like, I don't, I don't think that Clay's done. Like, I'm, you know, I don't want to, I don't want people to mistake me for that, but I just think that Jordan Poole is emerging as someone as, as a pivotal part of that offensive core. And they absolutely need that. Tyler, you said that you have the Warriors edging out this series. How many games do you think it'll, it'll take them to do so? I also think that this series will go the distance to go to seven. Uh, the Grizzlies, you know, like I said, they're, it's a team that a lot of people are like, oh, the Grizzlies are like in the playoffs. Well, yeah, they're, this is a really great team and they can definitely uh, compete with this Warriors squad. Uh, I, I think they're going to, 
be very competitive. I think it's this is going to be. I, I think of all the second round matchups, the most exciting series we have um, uh, in this uh, second round. Uh, but it's going to go seven. Um, like I said, I I I, I think the, the the Warriors' depth is slightly better than the Grizzlies, and their experience to me makes makes them stand out just slightly um, over the uh, Grizzlies. But it's going to be a really fun competitive one to watch. Trading. I have Warriors in six. Um, I, I just think in this situation, the the Warriors are kind of the big brother of, of a team that's up and coming. Like, but this is a healthy Warriors team, and that's scary. Um, and I think even I think it's just going to be too much for the young Memphis Grizzlies, who guys don't sleep on them, don't sleep on them because they're going to be coming next couple of years, boys. I have the Grizzlies in seven. Ooh. Big upset pick. Kind of. I mean, they're the number two seed, but whatever. Um, if you all have talked to me at any point in time in the last couple of weeks, you know how much I love this Grizzlies team. Desmond Bain, the dude has the biggest biceps I've seen an NBA player have, and his ability to still shoot the basketball with those massive biceps is intriguing to me. He had an off game in game one. He went three for 10 for nine points. That will not happen again. The Warriors only lost or only won by one point. This series is a lot closer than you guys think because this team is so good. And it just, this is going to be such a fun series to watch. High octane, high scoring, every single game. Y'all should tune in, but I got the Grizzlies in seven. Moving on to the East Coast here, we got the Miami Heat versus the Philadelphia 76ers. 76ers beat the Raptors in round one in uh, six games, while the Miami Heat beat the Hawks in round one in five games. The big question here, Joel Embiid. Facial fracture is out for an undisclosed amount of time. How do the 76ers manage without Joel Embiid? They don't. Oh. And and look, look, guys. Embiid, with Embiid, the, the, the Sixers did not come out of the Toronto Raptors very easily. And they were missing Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet various times during that whole round. And it was that hard to get out. Like, that's a problem. The Heat are just deeper, dude. Like, the, the Heat are just a better team all through and through. And then you're missing Embiid for at least – the first two games, which we don't even know if that's, if, if that's the limit, um, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Harrow, T- Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, like these guys are just like deadly. Um, you know, I, I love Kyle Lowry. I mean, obviously he was a huge part of the Toronto Raptors run for that, um, for that, um, championship. And he's going to bring that type of experience and that type of leadership. I, like Philly's fucked. The thing about this is is that Kyle Lowry is out with a hamstring strain. Jimmy Butler is questionable with knee inflammation. PJ Tucker is questionable with a calf strain. Max Struess is questionable with a hamstring strain. Kevin Martin is questionable with an ankle strain. Tyler Hero and Markeith Morris are both questionable as they come off of non-COVID-like illnesses. So when it comes to health, even though the Sixers lost Joel Embiid for the first two games, they are so much more healthy than the Heat are. Tyler, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying there, James. I just feel like Losing Embiid even for two games is, is a huge detriment for these seven series. They, they, like they need Embiid healthy for seven, at least seven games to win to to win this series. Um, I don't think James Harden is quite that same James Harden as we've seen. He's still going to be great. He's he's still going to lead this team and make them competitive. As you mentioned, both teams are dealing with injuries, but this this Miami Heat team they're they're, they're just the better all around team. I think Embiid is the best player in this matchup if he's healthy. Um, so not having him is, is it's just too much of a blow. Even if he comes back in game three or four, however much time, I, I think it's just going to be too late. Um, I, I believe the Heat are wrapping up their win here in game one. 
um, I think that's going to be huge. I, 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 just, I just think that him even missing one game is going to be too much for the, uh, Sixers, the, the Sixers to overcome. Yes, how many games? Um, I got the Heat in, in six. Like I said, I think NB will, will come back and he'll make it competitive, but I, I just think it's going to be too late. Trading. Yeah, I mean, th- this is Sixers team gave up 113 points per 100 possessions without Embiid on the floor, and then his impact on offense was even like more impactful. Heat in six. I'm going Heat in five. James Harden can't oh. handle the load, bro. Heat in five. Last matchup of we were being nice. Series. Uh, you all were being real nice. <laughs> we're going <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks that, def- that are not defending because the Suns won. But Milwaukee Bucks versus. Or did they win? Did the Suns win last year? Well, Bucks won. Or was the Bucks? Year. Yeah, the, oh, the Bucks, Bucks won. won. I'm an idiot. Yeah. So the defending champion, Milwaukee Bucks versus We're so good at basketball guys. The Boston Celtics. Well, we, we figured you could have told us that like two series ago, so I didn't sit here like I, a fucking idiot. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's for the never mind. Go ahead. Asshole. <laughs> anyway, moving on to this matchup here. The Bucks won game one pretty handily, 101 to 89. I watched the first, I don't know, the first quarter of it. It looked competitive, it looked great. All of a sudden, I stopped watching, and it was a landslide the other way. So this is a battle of two very tough, very gritty, very physical point guards. Marcus Smart for the Boston Celtics, defensive player of the year right now, reigning defensive player of the year, and Drew Holiday on the other side for the Milwaukee Bucks, who is good at everything that he does, and everybody loves him. He just plays tough defense. He's a player's player. He's there to help the team out. Which point guard will be better in this series? I'm going to go with- – uh Tatum. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I- I'm it's Marcus say- Smart or Drew Holiday, and oh. you said Tatum. <laughs> See, I'm all confused now. <laughs> Which Can point we- goes gonna be better? Pick one. Marcus Smart. Why? <laughs> uh I don't know. This is where I fucking this this you got me here. I've you've <laughs> you've reached the max of my knowledge in this series. Marcus uh, Smart's defense reign defense player of the year. He's an absolute rat. Just hate people hate him because he defends so gnarly. <laughs> I'm gonna say Drew Holiday, and you know why? Okay. Because his his experience, right? Like he's he's he, he took he helped take a team to the to the um, championship last year, which it was them, not the Suns. Like we're fucking stupid, <laughs> and we're fucking stupid at this series. Clearly, <laughs> we're not bad a thousand. Let's just say that. But look, Drew Holiday. I mean, th- this this whole Milwaukee team has experience. Drew Holiday has experience. And that, and that alone pays dividends. We've seen it time and time again. And for that reason, I just think that Drew Holiday is, is the better point guard in the series. Thank you for actually having an answer for that. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, Tyler, question for you. Yeah. Who wins this series? All right. I'm gonna, <laughs> I have an answer for Jason you this Tatum one. or the Milwaukee Bucks? The J- Jason, <laughs> Jason, Jason Tatum is going to win this series all by his own. No. Uh, I, I have the Boston Celtics winning this series in seven games. Um, I do think the Bucks are a little bit more, are a little bit banged up. Uh, Chris Middleton there is, I, th- I think, I think is a big injury for them. Uh, Otto Dekembo is going to do his thing and he's going to lead this Bucks team and, and they're, they're going to be great. They're the defending champs for a reason. Um, but I do think this is the Celtics year that they're going to break through. Um, I just think they have better depth. They, they, they lost game one. It, it, it wasn't pretty, um, but I do think they're going to come back. Like I said, it, 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 it's a full seven-game series, so I got Celtics in seven. James, you're still laughing at me. I'm still laughing. Hey, which point guards are any better? Uh, Tatum. <laughs> I, don't know who, I don't know who the point guards are. That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Trayden, what do you think, man? Um. 
this one's I think this one has the chance to go the distance. Um, I, I, I just, I just have to go with my gut and go with the bucks. Um, you know, I, I know that Giannis was, was kind of stifled, but he, he found, he, he, he was patient with it and he found his way to, to move the ball and make and make a difference offensively. And when he, and when he gets his chances, he usually hits them unless it's a free throw. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but no, to be honest, you know, again, it, it's going to kind of go very similar to how I answered the, the last question. Experience means dividends. I think Giannis is just, he's, he's one of my favorite players in the game. I just, and I don't even like the game of basketball. I just love Giannis. I think he's amazing. Um, and for that reason, I just have to go with my heart and Milwaukee Bucks are going to move on in seven I, though. I agree. 100%. Giannis, plays the hardest out of any player in the, in the league right now. And he's really good at what he does. So it, it, I think it's pretty simple, man. And also, if y'all have not heard 7 a.m. on the birdie path by Drake, Drake rhymes a word with Giannis's last name. Insane. Really cool. Wow. Anyway, that is my, uh, that is my segment for the NBA playoffs. Tyler, do more research next time. If the answer is not Jason Tatum. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I, I got sped up hard there, guys. That's my bad. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll do better next time. I don't even know what a point guard is, apparently. Um, so, like I said, basketball is not our, our strong suit, but we're trying our best here. Uh, so hopefully you guys agree with our picks. Let us know what you guys think uh, for, for the, uh, the NBA playoffs. Uh, like I said, round two, it gets way more exciting. Round one's boring. I don't even watch it. All right, when we come back. We're going to be talking about baseball and the latest week of Oh Damn Moments. Hi. As you may have noticed during the last few episodes, TLDR Podcast is without a sponsor. If you would like to sponsor us or know of anyone that would, please reach out to us. In the meantime, enjoy this intermittent conversation about Traden's teeth. And I hope we're brightening your day a little bit, man, because you seemed a little stressed out before you got on, but you've laughed a time. Yeah, it's been been an interesting day for me. I have to go to the dentist again tomorrow, so I'm I'm really just peeved right now. He says peeved. Fuck the dentist. Dude. That's hilarious. Dude, I, I, Tyler, I've been to the dentist like five times this year. Just brush your teeth. What's going dude? on with your I teeth? I do. It's the same. She fucked up the feeling the first time and it's still fucked up. I think I need a root canal. Like, fuck. Oh. Me, but luckily, yeah. root canals are way different than they used to be. So they don't just kill off the entire bone. No. Well, yeah, no, not necessarily. Like, it, apparently, they're just, they're just, they're just, longer cap uh fillings like it's not it's not like it used to be good thank god modern medicine is amazing boys we should be talking this would be a podcast we live, in a, we live in a good time we do live in a good time thank god thank god yeah Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're talking some baseball. Oh, damn moments is another thrilling, exciting week. It was actually hard to pick. There was a few that I didn't uh, throw in there this week. Um, there's a lot going on. Uh, first, we're going to talk about some some brawl action. Uh, the Mets have been involved in quite a few of these little uh, being hit by batter drama situations. And I would classify what happened with the Cardinals and Mets this week as an actual brawl because there was actual pushing and shoving. Guys fell to the floor. There were suspensions. Like this was like a legitimate classified brawl. There's been a few like scuffles I would call them that didn't quite get that far. Um, if you've seen the videos of, I think it was some of the Cardinals players in the bullpen, in the outfield, like le- legit, like jumping over the fence and freaking Spider-Manning that shit out over, over, over the wall was pretty awesome. So um, 
this kind of it was kind of a long thing coming. There's a lot of few games of series where 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 Mets players were being thrown out in the head. Uh, uh, Pete Alonso has taken has taken ex- exception to that. Uh, the Mets do lead MLB in hit by pitches this year, so they do have a little bit of a grip going on. Um, but like I said, there was just a few little back and forth all series long. It all came down uh, in, during the the final game of the series. Late, uh, later in the game, Nolan Arenado, the Cardinals' best uh, batter this season, was off to a fantastic start. Uh, he got thrown at near his head, didn't get hit. It was just kind of towards his head. Um, really wasn't that close, but obviously with everything going on, everyone's a little bit sensitive. Everyone's a little bit on edge. Nolan Arenado started kind of talking to the pitcher. It just kind of started ex- escalating until both benches cleared. Brawl's crazy. Uh, Nolan Arenado got suspended for two games for inciting a brawl that uh, he did appeal it. It got reduced to one. He served that on Saturday, um, which sucked from for, for my fantasy team, but we won't get into that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so kind of looking at this whole situation, kind of taking everything into account, the, the pitch that was thrown to Arenado, in my opinion, wasn't that close to his head. It's not like it actually hit him. It didn't seem intentional, but what do you guys think? Did you think no one Aaron Nolan Arenado overreacted in, in, in this situation or given everything that happened, you kind, it's kind of warranted. Uh, James, let's start with you. I definitely don't think he overreacted given the history of this entire thing. And as we had mentioned, the Mets lead the league and hit by pitches. And the fact that they've been like part of a number of these brawls, as some would call them, for just, you know, talking really loudly and yelling at each other and shoving a little bit. Scuffles. Uh, yeah, it's it, the Mets have a history of doing this this season, and it's only been 20 games. Super crazy. And today, their uh, their coach, Buck Showalter, got suspended for a game because the MLB found out that he it intentionally, like, told his pitcher to intentionally throw at somebody's at somebody. Yep. Instead different, of just different, different series that happened uh, yeah. Sunday night against the Phillies. So the Mets, yeah, it was college forward too. Yeah, the, the, the Mets have been involved with these kind of. Uh, bench clearing situation with three different teams this season so far so, so like i said there's history there yeah so nolan arenado did the right thing man i'd be i'd be feeling some type of way too if that should happen to me i'd be like bro for real like right now i'm one of the best players on this team are you gonna throw up my head it, it, it ain't cool right if you can you can throw at the nine hole batter awesome whatever oh. nolan arenado you don't you don't do that to him bro you don't you don't do it to a superstar like that uh the mets are a good squad what is the point? Why are you doing that? Y'all are like top two in the league right now. You don't need to do that. But to answer your question again, I think Nolan Arenado did what anybody would do in that situation. All right. Uh, Trayden, do you agree or disagree? No, I completely 120,000% disagree. You want to see a picture of, uh, of Arenado? Right there. Charmin Ultra <laughs> He really soft. wants to go get the- Charmin Ultra Soft. Dude, come oh, on. Wow. These guys have been hit once per game. On average, almost a point eight three, a point eight three. They've been hit eighteen times in nineteen games. Like they're fed up, dude. You want to talk about Arnado? Oh, don't hit Arnado. Well, don't fucking hit them for Christ's sake. It's eighteen and nineteen. The next team is twenty. Is tied for almost twenty two in the league for being hit by pitches. That's how close they. That's how the diff, much of the difference there is. It's insane. You can't tell me. You can't tell me that. It, like Arnado, oh, you almost hit me, and he can go off, but none of the Mets. Come on, man! Like unfucking real. They've been hit by how many headshots have they gotten? Like five or six? It's fucking bullshit, man! It's bullshit. 
And guess what? They're still the second best team in the league. And you know what? I want them to win the fucking World Series at this point because fuck <laughs> Arenado, bro. You charming ultra soft bitch. Wow. Woo. I really want you to say it to his face when you meet him. I will never yeah. say that to his face. <laughs> <I probably laughs> yeah. You are soft, and now I'm going to run away and shit myself as I run yep, away. Yep, yep. I'm just as soft, and, that, and, I'm, uh, and at least I'm proud of it. Goodness, I love it. All right. Uh, Trade, I, I, I don't agree as emphatically as you, but I do agree that I do think it was on the softer side of Nolan Arenado to, re- to react the way he did. But James, I also, I, given the situation, given everything, that, there, was, there was a lot of tension built up to that. So anything even close... And he said, you're Nolan Arenado. You're, you're definitely, you're off to like an MVP kind of start. Um, so you get thrown at your head with everything that's been going on. I kind of understand where he was coming from. Um, but I do think it was a little bit overaction just because it wasn't really that. It was, a, it was an up and in fastball. It didn't really seem intentional. It didn't really come that close to hitting him. But I can understand, I can understand why he was on edge. I, I, I totally get that because of everything that, that, everything that happened. Um, but uh, yeah, I, so trading some, Mets fan now. That's cool to know. Um, but as far as the brawl goes, trading, like what, what, what do you rank it? I, I know you're a big hockey guy, you know, and, and all, all the fights and stuff on a, on a scale of one to 10, how, how great was this brawl to you? Uh, it was good. It was seven. I mean, could look like seven. Bro, no, no, no. Like it was like a four. Arnado should have fucking hit him. <laughs> Punch. Do so, like if, if you're that pissed off, do something. Now he's like, and now he said to do, do it again, do it again. Why don't you fucking do something? Like again, it's the same shit, man. It's just like, like, look. I think, I think this should be a rule. Instead of scuffles like that, two players that were involved go to, to in front of the pitcher's mound and actually fucking fight hockey style, and then they don't, they don't play the rest of the game. That's how you fucking settle it. I'm sick and fucking tired. Like, it's cool. Like, there's a lot of throwing and there's a lot of guys flying around. That's great. It's cool. I like how the fucking bullpen all, like, like went out. That was funny. That's but just, like, run. it was, it's just, it is a long run. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of work. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, it was a seven. Like, okay, I'll give it an eight. Oh, what? No, I thought it was, it was like a four. There was one tackle and it was, like, the pitching coach that tackled Pete Alonzo. Come on now. So, so you want to, you like agree they need to like square yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. I sent you all a video about that minor league that actually had punches thrown. Yeah. Some dude was like knocked unconscious and was just passed the fuck out because he got hit so goddamn hard. That oh, was wow. gnarly. That's yeah. not gnar. That, that got... is an eight. That's what we eight. saw, what we saw was a four. Yeah. I would agree with James on that one, Traden. I don't I don't think as far as brawls go. I mean, it was like decent. It was probably the the brawliest brawl that we've gotten so far this season but there's definitely been a lot better um also have you guys seen the video i think it was a community college i don't remember which which uh community college it was but the the pitcher gave up a home run and the batter was like was like talking shit around the bases and as he was rounding third his back was to the pitcher and the pitcher just like full-on like blindside tackle oh yeah i seen that that was my league right you want, you, want, you want like something like that though? You want somebody to blindside him and do something about no, it? No, 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 no. That's a little but, cheap. No, 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 no. That's that's absolutely cheap. And also, and also, like the pitcher again. I'm. Do you want me to grab the toilet paper again? Like, are you fucking serious, bro? Like, don't throw us. Don't throw that then. Like, get better, bro. Like, look inward. You spider attack for God's sake. <laughs> oh no, no. Uh, seriously, look inward. <laughs> look inward. Look do inward. some meditation. Just yeah. think about life. <laughs> don't yell like I do. Yeah. No, or punch people. All right. Moving on. Uh, moving on a little this situation that hopefully, I mean, it's probably not over, but it's been a long time to make. We're, we're talking about the, the Trevor Bauer, 
uh, suspension. MLB finally came out with their decision on the suspension, and it's a doozy. It's two full seasons without pay. Uh, the MLB, the, the commissioner, decided to uh, put on Trevor Bauer after, after their own private investigation into this situation. Um, so it's, like I said, uh, two years, no pay. It's one of the longest ones that we've ever seen, certainly the longest one with the domestic violence and, and abuse policy that, that, that we've seen. It sends quite a message for sure, either way, what, if you agree with it or, or disagree with it. So uh, real quick, Traden, do you think, what do you, like thoughts on the length? Two years. That's good. That's that's definitely the, the by far the longest we've seen when it comes to this type of uh, incident. So, what do you think? Too long? Too short? Like, kind of what? Like, what are your thoughts on the length? And then, uh, uh, to that, do you think he ever pitches in Major League Baseball again? Um, look, the MLB did their own investigation, and I know we have issues with the MLB at times, but they did an investigation, and we don't know what was found. I understand that, but they, but you have to, you have to um, assume that they, you know, ha they talked to interviewed multiple people, multiple, um, multiple women, very similar to the type of situation that the Blackhawks dealt with. Right. Um, just, I know it's a little bit different, but it's you know, they, they, the NHL did theirs and everyone does their own full um, in, uh, investigations and considering the length of the suspension, they must've found something pretty damning. I mean, <laughs> you don't just throw up a two, two season suspension or sussy, I like to say um, for nothing. And so I think that I, I obviously there was something there, there. And I mean, I, I, I can't really say anything about it because I mean, they did an investigation. It's been there for a long time. Like it's, it's gone on for a long time and this is what they found. Like <laughs> that's, that's that. Yeah. Do you think you ever pitches in MLB again? Um, do I think you ever pitch it? No. And the reason I say that is because I just think that he's now a pariah in the league and who, you know, do play, do player, do teammates want to play with that? You know, I, I think that that's unfortunate. I don't, I mean, maybe it's not unfortunate. I don't know. I don't know the situation. I wasn't there for the investigation, but I, I, you can't think that the MLB found nothing or found little evidence. They found, clearly found evidence and they're, they're, they're giving them the, the two, the two years. And I think that that, that alone is going to make, make players kind of think, wow, like, I don't know if I want to play with this guy. So I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I like that take. Um, Trevor Bauer is planning on appealing it as he's done the whole thing. He maintains innocence. Uh, there's actually, there was a second woman that came forward with the accusations that was not involved in the case. Third, too. And, now, and now there's a third. Yeah. So now that now we're up to three uh, women who have come forward alleging or accusing Bauer of similar allegations. Um, so that's obviously probably a huge decision into, into the two-year thing. Um, but yeah, James, what's your take on all this? I think the MLB did the right thing. Like, domestic violence is not okay in any means, and I'm glad that there's a sports organization who's finally come to terms with that and gave a, given a lengthy suspension because of it. Like you had mentioned earlier, this is the longest that the MLB has ever set this for a domestic violence case. In the NFL, a player beats his wife and is suspended for three games. In the NFL, a player smokes some weed and is suspended for three years. That doesn't make sense to me. What makes sense is you should have longer amounts of suspension time by beating somebody. That's messed up. You don't do that, right? And truth be told, being a professional athlete, you're probably wealthy. You're probably strong. You're probably an athlete. Like you're stronger than most people on this planet. 
you have considerably more force. And to hit a woman like that, that ain't cool, man. And I'm glad the MLB is making an example of this. Two years is great. It should be longer. But the MLB is setting the precedent that you should not be able to do this. And because you did this, your suspension is two years. Adding on to the fact that you haven't played since July of last year. They're like, they're not even adding that to his, they're not taking that into account for his two years. He hasn't played in a long time. That makes sense. Don't do bad things. You being an MLB player, you're like a role model for a lot of kids. Figure it out. That's the price you pay for being rich, being wealthy, being popular and well-known. Set a better example. It's quite simple. Like do that. You'll be okay. Don't beat your wife. Don't beat your girl. You'll be okay. It's the right thing to do anyway. Come on now. It's not hard. The, the best the best quote from one of my favorite movies, Liar, Liar. Stop breaking the law, asshole. It's that simple. Uh, do you agree with trading that he will never pitch in the MLB again? See, that's a tough one because after three years, we all know that things going to go to the wayside. And yeah, it'll be on his record, but it won't be as prominent as it is now. So maybe people will just be like, oh yeah, he did this thing a while ago. He was suspended for a couple of years. So there's a possibility he just pitches some minor league games and then all of a sudden like he gets called up for like an inning or two. Like, I mean, I can see a situation like that happening, but I don't ever see him becoming a full-time starter or an ace or featured prominently in a rotation as he is now. Right. Um, I would agree. I, I think I think his days as, as a prominent, as you said, starter are over. I would not be surprised if we never see him pitch in Major League Baseball again. He might pitch professionally overseas in Japan or something crazy, um, but it, it he's done. I think finally, I think what makes – the, the you know he's not getting paid anymore during this whole time he was getting paid uh while, while this whole investigation going on so i'm glad that that's finally settled so at least he's not just banking on not doing anything and abusing women uh so that's that's finally uh settled so i think that for me is a is a, is a, is a big win um but yeah i'm just it, it's it's kind of starting to you know obviously he's he's been attached to the dodgers which really sucks um obviously there, there's a lot more going on with that but i'm happy that that's kind of over um so it's done. Um, so obviously we'll see what happens. I, the, uh, the appeal is going to happen that, that that's going to move forward. So it's not over, over there's still going to be in the news, but at least it's, it's, I think the, 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 the decision about this suspension has, has been a long time coming. Um, so hopefully everyone agrees that it was the right thing, but yeah, a pretty, a pretty big statement there by MLB for, or, and, and the commissioner for that two year uh, sussy as uh, trading likes to, likes to say uh so real quick um last couple of things here uh we're we have finished the first full month of uh the 2022 season so i just want to go around and ask people like what what's your biggest april takeaway kind of your biggest oh damn moment or something that stands out to you in april it could be a team a player a moment something that you look back on april 2022 the mlb season you're like that was probably my kind of kind of the, the thing that stood out to me trading what do you got um, the big thing that's standing out for me is, uh, um, you know, from St. Trinatra himself, New York, New York, baby. I mean, both New York teams just at the top, like, yeah. dude, I mean, I know we hit, we all hit the Yankees, fuck the Yankees, but dude, I'm all on the, I already talked about this, bro. I'm all, I'm all on the Mets. Um, I, I look, I know that they're all pursuing, they're both pursuing rosters, but it just seems like, I think this is something that baseball kind of needs. And I think that's kind of important to, to have both both New York teams being good at the same time. I think that that's huge. I mean, we already knew that the Yankees were probably going to be good, 
But the Mets, I mean, I thought, I think people thought that they were going to be good, but were they going to be this good at this, this early? I don't know. Um, and it, it's just fun to see that. I think, I think that's important. Uh, and I think that alone is, is enough to, to kind of, you know, get me all excited that, that and the angels are actually looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Got two LA teams doing good too. I like that. Uh, James, what's your biggest takeaway from April? The emergence of Taylor Ward for the Los Angeles Angels. Like this dude is one of the biggest reasons why the Angels are one of the top offensive teams in the league right now. He's played 16 games because he missed a couple of games due to injury. He's played 16 games, hitting 390, five home runs, 13 RBIs, and an OPS of 1.239. That's ridiculous for this guy. And he's been on the Angels for a couple of years, and I've watched him play, and I'm like, cool. And this year, out of nowhere, amazing. He was just recently named player of the week when he was hitting 448, two doubles, one triple, four home runs, and 11 RBIs last week. This guy's on a tear right now. And he's, like I said, one of the biggest reasons why the Angels are just killing it. Yeah, the LA Angels uh, sitting on top of the AL West division uh, after the end of April. Pretty awesome. Um, and that kind of leads me to my point is I think just the wild, wild West, guys, there's a lot, the, the, the West divisions in both the National League and American League. Very competitive. Um, the National League West has is actually the only division that that they have. All teams have at least ten wins um, in that division. Even the Diamondbacks, who none of us game, can, they're actually been pretty competitive so far. The Rockies are the off. Dodgers. Yeah, uh, the Ball. the uh, the uh, Rockies are off to a hot start, and we got you know of course that 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 Padres, Dodgers, Giants up there. The Angels are off to a really good start. Surprisingly, they've gotten some good pitching depth so far early in the April, which is a huge thing for them. Um, the Seattle Mariners are, are starting, they're a little bit inconsistent, but they're, they're starting to kind of push themselves. The Astros certainly aren't as once they won sports. So I think that that American League West division is going to be a good tight th- uh, three-team race all year. Um, I think just there's so much competitiveness in both those divisions. It's going to be super fun to watch. I think o- other divisions, of course, have tight races, but I don't think the level that the uh, West so far has displayed. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what, the uh the western teams have to offer so far it's been very it's been very very competitive and i'm looking forward to some more baseball uh going forward in those western with those western teams uh west coast bias here on tldr podcast as we always like to say uh so last but not least we got one more city connect jersey to rate the kansas city royals dropped theirs on sunday at kaufman stadium uh so we're gonna share share my screen here and Oh, and here they are. I just popped a boner. Yeah. All right. Here we <laughs> we got them right here for you guys. Uh, just so you guys know, just a little bit of uh, history with these. Uh, we got the Kansas City, which I didn't know this uh, going in, uh, is the city of fountains, uh, which makes a lot of sense based off their stadium, Kaufman Stadium. If you, if you guys don't know, one of the iconic landmarks of that stadium is the fountains in the outfield. So they have fountains that are in the, in the, in the outfield. Uh, every time they hit a home run, the fountains do some cool fountain shit. Um, but I guess it's, it's not just a coffin stadium. It's all around Kansas city. Uh, so that was kind of their design going into this. So if that helps you make your decision on the design of these uniforms, go for it, but they're good two tone, Navy blue, light blue uh, Jersey with, uh, with some, some stri- striped sleeves. You got the KC fountain logo on the chest, uh, the kind of the old retro numbers on the back there, the KC hat, they got the Royal on the sleeve there uh so we're gonna go around and rate these beauties uh so james what do you got on the royal city connector so i love that fountain aspect of it and i do love the color scheme i like the navy blue and that light powder blue it does remind me a lot of the cubs city connectors if you guys remember what the cubs one looked like 
but the color scheme is basically the same there. But the biggest thing for me is the fountain logo. I think it's huge. And I love the fact that it's connecting it to the city like it's supposed to do. The one thing that I don't like is I think that the Royals played it pretty safe here. Like they didn't really shy too far away from their color scheme. Uh, like uh, it, look, it, looks, it looks like a tame jersey compared to some of the other ones we've seen that have been way out there and really good. So I think this one has like a very high, high floor, low ceiling kind of thing, as opposed to some of the others that have a, such a high ceiling because they went for it. Uh, that being said, color scheme is great. Uh, I enjoy the fountain logo on it, but I'm going to give it a 6.2 because it didn't really wow me. All right. 6.2 from James trading. What do you got on these? Oh, chef's kiss, man. Oh, these are <laughs> these, these, look, I, I always love jerseys that are just clean. You know, I, 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 to, I, I actually do appreciate James's comment there. They didn't go too crazy. And t- I will say James on the, on the flip side, We've seen teams go for it and bomb. Right, <laughs> so, absolutely, absolutely. So, so I think I think you know for some reason twenty twenty two is just bringing better jerseys, guys. Like I all of agree. them have just been so fucking fire. Yeah. This one's so I love the fountain logo. I just the color scheme, the blue belt is so sick. Um, the whole the whole scheme is just there for me. It's very clean. Um, you know, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. I, I think that I think they're fantastic um, and. 2022 is just absolutely destroying it right now. I do agree, Trey. And I think overall the city connect jerseys have been way more consistent. Uh, and I, th- I think they've kind of learned maybe from things they did last year that didn't work so well. Maybe they, maybe they went, they went too much. I think they've kind of greened. And I, I feel like overall they've, they've learned the city connect part of it better. I think so far, every single one they've done in, in, in DC, Houston, and now Kansas city, They've done a really good job of, of really bringing the city connect part of it to the theme of the jersey. Uh, my, my opinion, at, at first, I didn't love the, the Casey Fountain logo, but once I learned more about what it was about, I kind of now, I kind of dig it a little bit. I'm not so thrilled about it with the hat. I don't think the hat is great, but it looks great on the chest, um, especially uh, with that little uh, crown there. But I, as James mentioned, I love the color scheme. Those colors look fantastic. Uh, I think overall the jersey, it's clean, it's sharp, it looks fa- it looks great. Uh, but I also agree with James that it doesn't really quite stand out as much as some others do. So it, it's not as memorable uh, for for whatever reason. I think it's a little bit safe, um, but it is it is a really great looking jersey. Um, I think it, I think I think they did a really good job. Um, I think you, I think this jersey can play any um, any time of year. Um, so I think that the, that. They should break them out. I think this should be like their kind of Sunday alternate jersey kind of for, for the rest of the year. I, I, I think it's a really, that's a really great one. Um, so I'm going to give this one a uh, 6.7. Like I said, I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's very solid, very good, um, but just didn't quite stand out as some others have um, in terms of just kind of the memorability of it. Um, but yeah, very well done, Kansas City. Uh, City of Fountains, in case you guys didn't know, now you know. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up here for uh, episode 96 of TLDR podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you uh, got something out of that NBA segment. James did a fantastic job. Me, on the other hand, just fucking sucked. Um, <laughs> Jason this this uh, Kings Oilers game so far has been off to a really intense chippy start, which I fucking love. For you? Yeah. You've we're, looked really good. We're bringing, and we've bringing the energy. Again. Bringing the energy. So let's fucking go. <laughs> uh we hope you guys enjoyed it please share the podcast with your friends and family anyone you think will will like it 
Let us know in the comments what you guys think of the podcast, anything you agree or disagree with, with any of our takes. Um, hopefully you guys are enjoying all, all, all the sports going on uh, right now in, in, in April. Um, and uh, guys, it's wedding season's coming up for some members of our podcast. So uh, we're going to be talking about that soon too. So uh, we're all being, we're going to be getting together. Uh, so it's a it, it, fun time of year. But hopefully you guys have a fantastic day. Uh, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.